Welcome, everyone, to a brand new edition of Learn About World Cuisine. The show that takes you on a culinary tour around the world. I was looking for winter destinations for our world travelers, and I decided to make today fun, mind-blowing facts about the Swiss Alps, and then at the end of the program, we're going to talk about Austrian cuisine. This is going to be nothing but fun facts, so let's get started. The Alps themselves are Europe's highest, greatest, and most famous mountain range, and they were formed roughly 65 million years ago. The Alps themselves are located spread around eight countries of Europe. Now, here's the fun fact of the day. The Swiss Alps, so the Alps that are in Switzerland, are only make up 11% of the total Alps. So keep in mind, the Alps are run through eight countries in Europe. And the Swiss Alps are probably the most famous And only 11% of the total Alps are in Switzerland. The Swiss Alps are the Alpine region of Switzerland. And they stretch from Lake Geneva to the Swiss-Austrian border. And they are Switzerland's largest geographical region. Nearly all of the highest peaks in Western Europe are located in the Swiss Alps. These peaks have attracted climbers and tourists for literally hundreds of years. Now, here's a fun fact. Mount Matterhorn is the most iconic peak in the Swiss Alps. And it is estimated that over 500 people have died trying to climb this peak. And the reason that Mount Matterhorn is one of the most popular peaks of the Swiss Alps is because it's famous for having an almost perfect pyramid shape. Humans have lived in the Swiss Alp area since prehistoric times. Mining and tourism are the two most popular jobs in the Swiss Alps. Now, I told you in the beginning of the program, I'm trying to give my world travelers information about winter destinations. So last week we did Greenland. Uh, Today we're covering the Swiss Alps, and that's because skiing, hiking, and sightseeing are the most popular things to do in the Swiss Alps, especially skiing. That is your skiing destination, and it attracts many, many visitors every year. The formation of the Alps themselves. Keep in mind, the Alps run through eight countries of Europe. And the Swiss Alps, which we're talking about today, only make up 11% of the total Alps. But the Alps have been forming for millions of years. Switzerland is not the only country that has Alps. I told you that. In fact, less than... the All right. Even though Switzerland is one of eight European countries that has the Alps, uh, the Alps take up 65% of the territory of Switzerland. 
Okay. Many languages are spoken by the people in the area of the Swiss Alps. Now here, I've already said it four times, but this might be the fun fact of the day. You ready? Hold on to your chairs. Now, you know of the Swiss chocolate candy called Toblerone, and I'm going to say it again so I'm, so people can pay attention. The Swiss chocolates called Toblerone, they sell them in America too, are actually designed after Matterhorn in the Swiss Alps. So I told you, Matterhorn is the highest peak of the Swiss Alps. And the Swiss chocolate, the famous one, is called Toblerone. And the the shape of the box is designed after the peak Matterhorn. It's a perfect pyramid shape. Almost half of the Alpine glaciers are located in Switzerland. In fact, the largest glacier in the Alps is located in Switzerland. Hiking. In Switzerland, in the Swiss Alps, is a way of everyday life. I want to stress that for a minute. The people that live in the Swiss Alps, it's just their everyday thing to go hiking and rock climbing, etc. The highest peak in Europe to be served by a cable car is located in the Swiss Alps. Now, here's a fun fact. Now, if you, are tra- if you are planning to travel, Switzerland is a very famous destination. And Switzerland, the Swiss Alps, gets millions upon millions of tourists every year. So, before you go on your trip to the Swiss Alps, I want you to look this up. There's actually a place where you can spend a night in an igloo village. So wouldn't it be cool to spend a night in an igloo? Well, there is a spot you can do that in the Swiss Alps. The wildlife in the Swiss Alps Alps is very well developed. All right, I, I said, I don't know why. I wrote the show, and I wrote the same thing five times. Some of the most popular ski destinations in the entire world are located in the Swiss Alps. That's why I thought this topic would be good for a winter episode. 14 million people live in the Alps region. And the Alps region, I'm talking about the eight countries of Europe that have the Alps, uh, get a whopping 120 million visitors a year. And because a lot of those visitors are going to the Swiss Alps, that makes tourism a major part of the economy in the Swiss Alps. The Alps have a division. And the Alps are divided between the Western Alps and the Eastern Alps. Uh, according to world travelers, the Alps con- consistently have a blanket of snow and many glaciers. So this is your winter spot. And like I said, I chose to cover the Swiss Alps because I'm trying to give people ideas of where they can go in, on a winter vacation. 30% of the glaciers and the Swiss Alps have disappeared since 1850. How about that? 30% of the glaciers in the Swiss Alps have di- disappeared since 1850. 
There are many minerals and crystals found in the Swiss Alps. Between 40,000 and 80,000 men. How about this? Oh, my goodness. How about this? Here, here, here I want everyone to pay attention because this is fascinating. Between 40,000 and 80,000 men died during World War I in the Alps because the artillery, artillery fire caused avalanches. And they were basically killed by the actual avalanche. So the gunfire during World War I set off a bunch of avalanches in the Alps. And almost 80,000 men died from the avalanche, not the artillery. As I mentioned earlier, skiing in the Swiss Alps is big business. And it draws millions of people every year. Now, keep in mind, even if you're not going to the Swiss Alps, this is pretty interesting. Some of the ski area towns in the Swiss Alps are car-free. So you're going to have to rely on the transportation they provide. So there are some areas in the Swiss Alps that the ski destinations that do not allow cars. So you're going to have to rely on the public transportation. Melting glaciers are a very big problem in the Swiss Alps, and they take that very seriously. As it's pretty obvious, but as uh, you know, any famous destination has visitors who are very famous. So in the Swiss Alps, it has been visited by Pablo Picasso. So Picasso and Mark Twain are two of the famous people in history who have spent time in the Swiss Alps. All right, so let's sum this up, because I want everyone to learn things every week when I do the show. I want you all to learn something. And I think the thing you can learn today is that everyone talks about the Swiss Alps. It's a very popular destination. But I'll bet you a lot of you, just like me, did not know that the Alps are located in eight countries in Europe. And the Swiss Alps are only 11% of the total Alps. Okay? So I think that's something I learned by doing uh, writing this show, and I think you're going to learn too. So people also go to the Alps, you might not know, for the sightseeing. Uh, according to world travelers, the, Alp, the, the Alps are the most beautiful thing because it's covered in snow and hills and stuff. Uh, so the rest of the program, uh, we kind of zipped through the Swiss Alps, but the rest of the program, I'm going to focus on Austrian cuisine. And the reason I picked Austrian cuisine is because I have already done an entire episode on Switzerland and Swiss cuisine. So go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio. This show does outstanding on Amazon Music. And I want you to search for Learn About World Cuisine, and I want you to subscribe to the show. The reason I'm covering Austrian cuisine today is because I have an entire 40-minute episode that talks about Swiss cuisine. So we're going to do their neighbor, Austria, 
and we're going to talk about Austrian cuisine. Let's get started. The rest of the program is going to be food, Austrian cuisine. Breakfast in Austria is served like a continental breakfast, and it usually consists of bread rolls with jam accompanied by coffee, tea, or juice. So the breakfast in Austria is usually like, uh, similar to a continental breakfast. The midday meals in Austria used to be, and I'm going to stress this, used to be the heaviest meal of the day. But as the Austrian people began to work later and later, uh, they have gone to making dinner the biggest meal of the day. So the main meal of the day used to be, for many years, uh, lunch. But now the main meal of the day is dinner due to the fact that the Austrian people have been working longer hours. It is common in Austria to have a middle of the morning and a middle of the afternoon snack. Now, here's an interesting thing that I thought I found this very interesting. The Austrian people in between meals eat open-faced sandwiches. I'm going to say that again because I find this interesting. We had a complaint on iTunes that I repeat a lot of stuff twice, but I want to get it, the, get it across. So it's very common for the Austrian people to have a middle-of-the-morning and a middle-of-the-afternoon uh, snack. A lot of those snacks are open-faced sandwiches. And open-faced sandwiches are very popular in Austrian cuisine. The most popular meats in Austrian cuisine are pork, beef, chicken, turkey, and they eat a lot of goose in Austrian cuisine. But those are the most common meats eaten in Austrian cuisine. One of the most popular foods, and some say the national dish in Austria, is Wienerschnitzel. And usually the, the you got two choices when you have Wienerschnitzel. Uh, one is veal, one is pork. The majority of people eat veal. So Wienerschnitzel is the national dish. Uh, but I want to give you a heads up. When I was writing the show, I found out that Austria likes to consider a couple different things as their national dish. But most people would agree that Wiener Schnitzel is the main national dish. Pork is also consumed Austrian. <laughs> Pork is also often consumed in Austrian cuisine. And the Austrians eat most parts of the pig. So when the Austrian people eat uh, pig, they eat every. They eat almost every part of the pig, including the snout. Okay, in Austria, they call bacon speck, and bacon is used to enhance the saltiness of their dish of their dishes. And bacon is actually used in a lot of dishes in Austrian cuisine. So a lot of uh, dishes in Austrian cuisine. Use bacon. And bacon in Austrian cuisine is called speck. There is actually... Now, this I found fascinating because I love corned beef. I've never turned down corned beef in my entire life. 
There is actually corned beef sold in Austria that is so uh, that is sold in the form of a loaf. I will I will tear that up. So there's a uh, corned beef served in Austria. You can buy it in the shape of a loaf, just like bread. Deer, pheasant, and duck are the most popular wild game eaten in Austrian cuisine. Now, I want to get into this because this is, I think, pretty important. Desserts are very popular in Austrian cuisine, but they're basic. It's cakes, pastries. Uh, so the, the desserts that they eat are very simple. But if they make a dessert for a major event or an occasion, they it, some people say it is so difficult to make the pastries and cakes that they serve during holidays that a lot of people online said that they it's very tough. But the cakes that they eat on an everyday basis for dessert are very simple. Uh, this could be the fun fact of the day. I want everyone, do me a favor. I'm going to give you a minute to listen. Okay, I want everyone to pay attention. This might be the fun fact of the day. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds to put your ear to your uh, to your listening device. Ready? Austria is credited with giving Europe coffee. What? So Austria has been given credit for introducing coffee to Europe. Now, how did that happen? That is because the Turkish army, during the Battle of Vienna in 1683, left bags of coffee beans after they retreated in Austria. So the Austrian people found the bags of coffee, and they decided to start having coffee, making coffee, in the country of Austria. So a lot of people credit Austria with introducing Europe to coffee. And that is because during the Vienna War in 1683, the Battle of Vienna, the Turkish army had bags of coffee beans, but they ended up retreating and they left the bags of coffee beans behind during the Battle of Vienna in 1683. And the Austrians found the bags of coffee beans, and that is how coffee was introduced to Europe. There is a wide variety of coffee sold at the cafes in Vienna, Austria. Okay, The cafes in Vienna also sell a wide variety of Italian coffee. So Italian coffee is prominent in Austria. Uh, now, here's something I want everyone to pay attention to. Traditionally... Coffee that is served in Austria comes with a glass of still water. I'm going to say this again. So when you go to a coffee shop in Austria, it's very common for them to give you your coffee and have a glass of water with it. And that is something that uh, there's plenty of stories as to why, but it's basically tradition. So if you're going to a coffee shop in Austria... You're going to get your coffee, and then they're going to serve you a glass of water. Sitting with friends and family and having coffee in Austria is very popular. 
It's basically a social gathering. And some people say that having coffee with friends and family in Austria is just as big and traditional as having British tea. All right, so everyone knows we I covered uh, Great Britain. I covered the United Kingdom. We just had a lot of listeners from those areas last week. And uh, as I covered in those episodes, uh, British tea, afternoon tea in, in uh, Great Britain is a huge tradition. And some people say that the Austrians take it just as serious. So having afternoon tea in Austria is just as big as the British afternoon tea. We want to say hello to our great friends in Britain. The hot chocolate served in the cafes of Austria is very thick, so keep that in mind. So the hot chocolate you'll get at a coffee shop in Austria is a very thick hot chocolate. And they actually make it thicker by adding egg yolk. So it's not going to be the regular hot chocolate that you get Swiss Miss or whatever. It's a very thick hot chocolate in Austria. Here's another fun fact of the day. The energy drink Red Bull was invented and still is based in Austria. So the energy drink Red Bull. Uh, it is really amazing to me. as This is episode number 172. It is unbelievable to me as I cover 172 locations around the world how important beer is in every country. It's amazing. But beer is usually the most popular drink in, men, in most countries around the world. And it is also very popular in Austria. And beer plays a major role in Austria. Okay. Dumplings. Uh, and like I said, I want to stress this too. I'm going to go off script here. If you listen to the 173 past episodes, you're going to learn that when I cover the food from areas around the world, most of it is regional. So the northern region will have different uh, foods, popular foods, than the southern region, etc. So dumplings are very popular in the northern region of Austria. Okay. All right, I already said that. Hold on. The majority of the diet for people in Austria is very rich and high in calories. So the cuisine itself is a very rich cuisine, and it's high in calories. So according to World Travelers, if you're looking to diet, you don't want to do that before you go to Austria. It's a very high-calorie cuisine. I love the fact that the white pepper and horseradish are used in many, many dishes in Austria. Now, say you're going out to a restaurant. Now, I find this interesting. I find this interesting even if you're not a world traveler. This is interesting. If you're going to a restaurant in Austria, it is customary to give a 10 to 15% tip at restaurants. If you, if you listen to the 173 past episodes, I like to give you an idea of what each country uh, expects as a tip. And 
some countries, tipping is not a thing at all, just so you know. And I've covered a lot of shows on my podcast platform where tipping's not a thing. There is no, no such thing as tipping in a lot of countries. You can legally drink alcohol in the streets of Austria. How about that? So you can walk into a public area and, and have alcohol. The only thing is the Austrian people frown upon that. But it is legal in Austria to carry around beer in public places. But the people themselves, they frown upon it. Okay? All right. Oh, the cup of coffee with a glass of water is symbolic of hospitality. And that is a tradition. So as I mentioned earlier, when you get coffee in Austria, it is common for it to be served with a glass of water. And the water is a symbol of hospitality. Okay? And as I mentioned, and I want everyone to pay attention to this, it, if you go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, this show does excellent on Amazon Music. Look up, learn about World Cuisine, subscribe to the show. This is episode number 173. And I want to point out how different some countries are around the world compared to, say, the United States. When you go to a restaurant in a lot of countries, it's not for the food. It's for the social gathering. So there are many countries around the world where people spend hours at a restaurant. Okay? It's a it's a uh, social event. It's not just there to eat and run. So the same thing happens in Austria. It is common for people to go to restaurants with their friends and family and hang out for a few hours. I covered one country where it's common f to be at a restaurant for four hours. And that is how a lot of the countries around the world do things. A lot of countries around the world, it is a social gathering to eat at a restaurant. And some countries around the world, if you listen to my archives, they actually charge you a fee for your table. And that's because a lot of countries around the world, uh, eating at a restaurant is a social event. Okay? There are some countries around the world where you'll spend four hours at a restaurant. So there are some countries around the world that will charge you a fee just for having a table at their restaurant. Okay? In Austria, they do the same thing. Uh, Austria, Austrian people that go to a restaurant, it's a social event. Uh, it's very common for them to spend uh, a very long period of time at the restaurants. I think we did a great job. I think everyone needs to give themselves a round of applause. I think we did the greatest job giving you the most interesting things about the Swiss Alps and the most interesting thing about Austrian cuisine and what it's like uh, to go to a restaurant in Austria. Now, for my regular listeners who listen every week, I have a large amount of regular listeners that listen every week to this show. I'm going to talk to you guys next week. So now I want to spend a minute or two talking to my new listeners. 
Over the last month, I have had a whopping 60% of my listeners be brand new. So I want to explain to my new listeners how to listen to the show. Okay, you can go to your you can go to Google and put in learn about world cuisine podcast and it'll give you all the spots that you can listen to the show. You can go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio. This show does excellent on Amazon Music. And just put in learn about world cuisine into the search engine and you can find the 173 past episodes. Or you can tell your smart players, such as A-L-E-X-A. She's right next to me. I can't say her name. But if you go to your Amazon smart device or your Google smart device, you can say A-L-E-X-A, play the latest episode of the Learn About World Cuisine podcast, and the smart player will play the episode. Or you can name the numbered ep- episode, and it will play that number. But I'm going to do everyone a favor. If you're a regular listener, I'll talk to you next week. You don't have to hear all this. But I'm going to do everyone a favor. And you don't have to pay me for this favor. All you got to do is go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. And I have links to all the past episodes. So all 173 past episodes... You don't even have to search for it. You just go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. Now, I was reading an article online, and I found out that an incredible 75% of people that regularly listen to podcasts would like to communicate with the host. And that is why a lot of these guys are doing YouTube podcasts. That's because people can just comment right away in the comment section. So if you go to phillyrestaurantreviews.com, I have a form on the front page that you can communicate with me, and I'll get the message within 10 seconds. So if you want to communicate with the show, just send me a message, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. The front page has a comment form. You can talk to me immediately. So I was surprised I read an article that a whopping 75% of the people that listen to podcasts would like to interact with the host. You can do that by going to phillyrestaurantreviews.com. If you're a new listener, uh, every morning, every Thursday morning at 6 a.m., I put out a brand new episode. So you'll have a brand new episode at 6 a.m. every Thursday morning. So, as always, if it's Thursday morning, it's time for you to check your favorite podcast platform or phillyrestaurantreviews.com for the latest episode of the Learn About World Cuisine podcast. I will talk to all of you next Thursday.